Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rival's pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we get to the program, want to let everybody know just a little statement from us regarding uh, our friend Jade, uh, the guy with the vision behind it all. Uh, was involved in an accident a couple of weeks ago, uh, has been in the hospital since. Uh, his family's not looking for help, doesn't want a lot of attention to it, but we thought we would let you, our listeners, know and the people who have supported us and supported Jade for so long. Uh, just to let you know why he hasn't been on the mailbag, why he hasn't been on a couple of the other podcasts right now. Uh, all of our prayers, all of our love are with him and his family, and uh, we're pulling for him. And uh, uh, obviously, that's our guy, right? That's our guy. We love him. We want him to uh, to be better. Yeah, that's our super producer. We love you, Jade. Hope you get back on your feet soon, and we hear those dings. Uh, so send your love, your prayers, your thoughts, your vibes, your juju, your dings, all of it. Send it over to Jade and his family, and uh, he would want us to keep going. So... Onto the pod. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, 
I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambray, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother. We both took off last week, man, but we're back like we never left. Nando Vila, what's going on, brother? Doing well, just enjoying the World Cup. You know, greatest time. It's the best, you know, like when there's just games every day. You're just like in... It's, it's fucking great, you know? Even like, in the dead of winter, I, I still yeah. am really into it. I love that... If I happen to wake up at seven seven o'clock in the morning on a given day, there is a match on. Yeah, <laughs> like an it's, important it's just, one, yeah, an important. It's just an incredible feeling. Um, I took in most of the start of it while I was in Georgia. That the was group great. stage is the best. The group yeah. stage is the best. It's so fun. It is, especially the final group stage day, which they're not going to do anymore, which is really sad. Uh, but the way they set it up, where it's like. She's like, oh my god, this team's out. It's like, right, yeah, 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 yeah. All the scenarios that could come in. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 incredible. Just an incredible event. We'll get into that because obviously you're my soccer resident soccer friend. Um, you're an expert in the field, mm -hmm. and there's just a lot of cool components and a lot of not so cool components. If we're being real, to this year's World Cup, and I want to get into some of those. But first, man. Um, you know, we missed last week, so we couldn't talk about Biden and the Rail Workers Union. But man, um, this is this is as bad as it gets when it yeah. comes to Democratic Party betrayal of, you know, essentially the kind of voters, the kind of people that they so claim to represent in like just the starkest way possible, right? Um, we talked about it in previous episodes. The world, rail workers were, you know, threatening to strike because they haven't got a raise in how many years. Um, the amount of hours these guys are expected to work yeah. and be on call for this freaking job is insane. The Zero lack sick of days. no sick days and, and the paid sick leave, all of these things that are just basic, basic labor rights. Like this, they not. They're not trying to get the, the nice stuff that we get at Spotify. They're not trying to get the Facebook employee benefits. They're not trying to get none of that. They're trying to get the basic stuff, man, for a job that is so clearly integral to the functioning of our economy that the damn president and the ruling party had to step in and intervene um, on behalf of their freaking bosses. Uh, of course... Bernard Sanders, goat, mensch, legend that he is, he put forth like, yeah, like, guys, like, they just asked him for seven vacation days. Not vacation days, sick days. <laughs> like, excuse me, sick days, not vacation days. They're asking for, like, seven six sick days. Like, can we at least do that for these people if we're going to force them? If we're going to intervene in here and say, you know, uh, the good of the greater economy is at stake and, you know, this is what federal government exists to do. All right, cool. If we're, if we're going to not let the market forces play out the way they're supposed to, you know, capitalist psychophants, um, I just made that word up. Um, <laughs> it is sycophants. I, I mix psychos with sycophants. <laughs> anyway, um, and of course, the, the party um, overruled them. And Republicans was like, of course not. You shitting me? Workers? Why the hell would we intervene on behalf of workers? No, we got to crush them. And that's what happened there, though. And it's just, man, if, if it's not the saddest sack day 
for the Democrats, especially, you know, Uncle Joe, the, the friend of the working man, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the grand total that it would have cost the railroad companies to grant the seven paid six days uh, is $320 million. Like, just, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's like multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. Uh, it's tiny. I mean, I think there's a million things to unpack uh, on this one. I think this is like, again, just a stark example of 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 just the priorities in this country and how 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 the whole thing was framed. I mean, I sent you that super cut of how CNN was covering it. I mean, I think maybe we can. Yeah, well, it's just first that in yeah. post for sure. Yeah, a rail strike is one of the most disruptive and expensive things that can happen to an economy. A rail shutdown or strike would disrupt supply chains. A strike means food prices could skyrocket. Many experts are saying would be an economic catastrophe. That could mean a big shortage and massive price hikes. Even gas prices could increase. And it also could cost the economy a billion dollars within the first week. That would cripple the economy. I'm not setting aside the concerns of your members. But are you and your members willing to stop the rails, in effect, uh, and, and accept those costs to the U.S. economy? Do you believe a strike is worth it if it cripples the U.S. economy and costs up to $2 billion a day? More than $2 billion per day. Is it worth it? And on top of all of that, the holidays are right around the corner. So a little less than a month right before Christmas here. Especially right before the holidays. President Biden warning, if that happened, it would devastate the economy if we had a strike like that. So joining me now to talk about this and a lot more is Bank of America. It's Brian Moynihan, chairman and CEO, one of the biggest banks in the world. They focus on how it's going to devastate the economy and make your, you know, like your life, you know, your Amazon packages aren't going to get here. You know what I mean? And I think that that really shows just, A, the, the, the way the press frames it, you know, it doesn't frame it in terms of solidarity. Like, what does solidarity mean? It doesn't mean putting in, you know, like an Instagram post or whatever. It's saying like, no, even though my life may be personally inconvenienced by a strike, I recognize that there is a- screwed at their job. Exactly. And I recognize that there is a shared interest in all working people kind of banding together to stay strong in the face of an attack from, from the bosses, right? So there's there's that element which I thought was interesting. Um, the the other thing is just like how fucking devious the Democratic Party is um, about the whole thing because like you know you you keep saying like oh well, why don't you blame Republicans because no no Republicans you know only like a handful of Republicans voted for it. It's like yeah of course because you took away all the leverage by splitting the bill to impose the contract on the rail workers from the seven paid sick leave issue <laughs> had you kept the seven paid sick leave issue on it and dared everyone else to be like either you vote for this or there's going to be a strike that puts the economy to a halt then it's then there's leverage that's the whole fucking point of a strike is that you can make the machinery of capitalism grind to a halt and, and you can and you can do it on your one issue yeah. <laughs> it's like, how badly do you guys want to make your billions? Like, do you hate our sick days that much that yeah. you won't grant it to us and cost yourself that much money? Like, it, the, it's the whole point. It's what the negotiation is. It's what it's why we collectively bargain in this d goddamn country, or at least used to be allowed to. Yeah. It's like, bro, like, otherwise, how else are they supposed to get anything out of this? Yeah.
Yeah, no, in the in the Biden press release after after the 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 bill passed in the Senate to to impose the contract on on the workers, um, someone asked like, well, what about the seven paid sick leave? And and the president's like, the 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 press secretary was like, well, the president supports sick leave for all workers, but he understands that there wasn't sixty votes in the Senate. It's like motherfucker, there weren't sixty votes in the Senate because you took away all the leverage from it. You know, your party, Nancy Pelosi, she's the one who split the bill. Um, you know, th- there's no more leverage anymore. That's the whole fucking point, you know, like Jesus Christ, uh, it's so disingenuous and so cynical that it drives me crazy. And the other bigger kind of issue was, is that it's also, it just shows how insane it is that this country has a private rail system, you know? Um, yeah, like, I mean, <sighs> Warren Buffett, who is no dummy. You know, uh, Warren Buffett is an evil billionaire capitalist, but he's no dummy. He's invested heavily into the rail system. You know why? It's because it's a, mi- a business that prints money, you know, yeah. because there is only a certain amount of tracks, mm-hmm. you know, that are bi- bi- built by the You government. have to use this. <laughs> you have to use it. And it's a, it's a concession given to private interests who basically have a monopoly over those tracks. Right. You can't build like if me and you were like industrious capitalists and we're like, we're going to build a competing rail system and just build some track. Like you can't do that. You know what I mean? There's the tracks are what they are. Yeah. Um, And, you know, because when these things were built, like obviously there was just a lot less people and like houses and towns. And and, like, like you can't just say one day, like, I'm going to figure out how to, you know, efficiently run a rail line. I don't think that's good. Like. All like, oh my God, all of the roadblocks that would, you know, magically appear in front of you and not to mention what this industry, how they would just destroy you in the process, like yeah. with their connections and their money. Like it, it's not, they have a monopoly, um, which is totally. supposed to be, um, you know, anti-capitalist, but what do I know? Yeah. You know? So that, but that's why, <laughs> that's why one of the reasons why Warren Buffett has identified this kind of crusty old mm-hmm. business, the rail business mm-hmm. is a great business because- they they can't lose money. There's no competition. Yep. You yep. know, it's a great investment in that sense. So it's just insane to me that they're that. So the so there's this rail industry, right, which is essential for the for the flow of goods in the economy. Mm-hmm. It's essential for the economy to work. As essential as one can be, right? It's handed over to private interests, whose then goal is to shave off all the costs. To the brink of this thing, all of this thing falling apart, right? You know what I mean? Like that's their incentive is to just maximize profit, you know, as much as possible. So, like, they need to shave it. They need to shave the cost to a millimeter of the whole thing kind of collapsing. So, what, what do they do? Is they just lean on workers? They basically, I mean, hearing the stories of some of these rail workers, it sounds fucking awful. It sounds fucking awful. They're on call twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. 365 mm-hmm. days a year, pretty much. And they basically have 90 minutes to report to, wor- report to work when they get the call, which means like, oh, your daughter's birthday party is coming up next month and you want to plan something? Fuck yep. you. you. No you, shot. They, There's they just might- no way. They, You know, some of the horror stories where they're just like, yo, uh, there's times I got to stay in these damn hotels. And sometimes I don't even get the call, but I need to be close enough to where I'm needed and just be there. Like, it's... It's absurd. And then again, this 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 business makes a lot of money. The least you could do for the people who keep the fucking thing running is like not treat them like dirt, man. Like again, it would 
there are jobs in the economy, right? Um, because you know, I listened to some a lot of tech media, and when Elon was doing the, the nasty stuff that he was doing to a lot of Twitter employees, a lot of them was like, Yeah, it's fucked up, but it's like it's tech workers. Come on, man. These people they have really cushy ass jobs. Like it's they're not like iron steel workers, you know, yeah. they got their uh severance packages, they'll probably be able to land on their feet somewhere else in tech. It'll be fun. Like, there was a sense of just like, yes, it's whack what Elon is doing, but we're talking about the most pampered workers in the economy you know um broadly speaking right like obviously there's like nba players and whatever people that get that have better benefits that are workers but you know the the most pampered workers in the economy that's not what we're talking about here it's yeah. literally the exact opposite man um they do a job that is can't say enough. It's it's essential. I know. Remember, we used to these people were a sainted class before. Essential workers, yeah. Essential workers were a sainted class. They're no longer that, I guess, anymore. Especially not in liberal media. And um, you know, they 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 don't have these cushy benefits. They're not getting this exorbitant OT. Right? Look, I'm from New York. I have a lot of friends who work in MTA. Uh, MTA is another one of those weird, convoluted public-private partnership situations. Uh, Long Island Railroad, all of that stuff. Um, man, these cats get paid. <laughs> they get OT out the ass. They get their sick days. They get listen. They get taken care of. Okay. Um, there's an understanding that, like, man, if these fools don't do what they're doing every single day in New York City, that thing can't work. It cannot function. Um, but, you know, and, and New Yorkers complain about the fare hikes and all of that. But everybody kind of understands that the, the city can't function as it currently stands without, you know, the transit system. Right. And I'm not saying they're fat cats in the MTA. I'm just telling you, man, they got those are good jobs. Long Island Railroad. Oh, my God. Great jobs to have. This ain't that. It allows, for a, it allows for a comfortable middle class life. Yes, exactly. Secure, exactly. you know, yeah. Exactly. You know, you get to take your family on vacations, probably own a crib, all of that. It's not going to be some McMansion or anything crazy like that. But you're a homeowner. You can take your family on vacation. You could probably pay for a moderately priced private school if you Basically, felt like it. That's what the economy was like in like 1961, you know what I mean? Right. For, a, for the vast majority of people in this country, it was like, you had a stable unionized job. Mm -hmm. You weren't rich. Like you weren't a yeah. fucking, you know, no, you're you not know, rich. You weren't no. rich, but you were, a, you lived a very comfortable, secure middle-class life with, you know, job protections and, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, and what they're doing to these real workers is just they—they're they're just stiffing them, and the Dems put their name on this shit and like unabashedly and just with no—it's disgusting, bro. I mean, it's—it's it's just you know what. This is politics, you know. This is what politics really is, you know. This is an actual right, political fight, right? Right. You know. Right. This is like what politics really is not what passes for politics on msnbc every night critical race theory yeah. all of that and or yes like I think you know like this person said that and that person said that oh and like God. you know what's the right thing or whatever like no this is politics there's fucking you know whose side are you on you know mm -hmm. like the, the most essential question whose side are you on 
this is fucking politics. Everything else is just fucking noise. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, in many ways, um, you know, even though the rail work, the, 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 the contract was imposed on the rail workers and things like that, like, hopefully people can see a story like this and, and clarify things for them. And I think one of the things that is starting to change a little bit in this country, and it's one of the sort of small green shoots you see on the grim political landscape that, that, that is out there when you look kind of ahead into the future, is that some of the more powerful unions in this country are shedding their buck-broken Democratic Party, uh, you know, ties and really kind of responding to a grassroots um, rank and file anger that exists amongst a lot of their um, a lot of their ranks to really reform and democratize. So, you know, we talked about it a little bit. There was an election at the Teamsters Union mm-hmm. that uh, after Jimmy Hoffa's son uh, was, was retired and like the, the, the sort of left flank of that election you know the the non the non-establishment wing won sean o'brien he's now the, the head of the teamsters union one of the largest most powerful unions and he's he's no fucking he's not a fucking pussy you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that guy is you know he's gonna he's gonna fight when needed um there's a there's an election coming up at the united auto workers um in which there's also a similar dynamic like the sort of you know, liberal, like go along to get along leadership that is kind of totally corrupt and, and, and wholly kind of uh, dependent on the Democratic Party is being challenged from the left. And it looks like the left challenge might actually win. In the rail in, in this rail strike, dude, something like eight of the 12 unions involved in, in the rail strike voted to accept the contract. And then the members, the actual rank and file members voted against it. You know, the leadership wanted them to wanted to impose the contract <laughs> on them. And the rank and file was like, fuck, no, we're not doing it. We're not taking this bullshit contract with no paid sick. What, what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know, um, and, and so you're starting to see kind of more labor militancy yep. brewing. I'm not saying it's like, you know, right. it's not around, the, but it's 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 brewing a little bit. And man, that's the only thing that's going to change the it's political it. landscape in this country. It. Nothing else. That's it. It's not. It's 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 not going to be um, sloganeering. It's not going to be marching for no fucking reason. It's going to be Warnock behind beating Herschel Walker. It's you know, not going to do. Yeah. It's not going to do it. Um, it's just organizing and fighting these fucking interests collectively. That's it. Like the Democratic Party will not be your savior. They just prove it time after time after. This is just the craziest shit. It's just like, do you guys have no pull whatsoever with these oligarchs? Like nothing. You can't even convince them of, you know, the slightest concession. You know, I think about um, Adam Adam Silver and um, David Stern, right? Where obviously David Stern, uh, he worked for the owners 100%, but he had enough cachet and he was a big enough hard ass that he could get them to see the light on the most important things. Where it's like, guys, I know we, we're going to fuck them. Don't worry. We have to fuck. Them. We're going to fuck the players. Don't worry. However, <laughs> there are the these- The players are unionized though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Every there's single- a way- 
there's a way for them to, players in the union. You know, it's in the union, and there's a way for them to hurt us if we really take this too goddamn far. Like, there's a way that he was able to explain that, and, and I understand. You know, NBA nerds are going to be like, well, you know, it's a little bit different where those things were mom and pop operations, whereas now it's all these scumbag hedge fund type of guys and, you know, uh, venture capitalists, kind of sharks, libertarian psychopaths. I get all of that. But like David Stern was an effective manager. You know, because that's all these guys are, right? Like the government is just middle managers for the rich ass people of our country who actually run this thing, who yeah. actually make the tough and hard decisions. The Dems are just middle management, right? But guess what? David Stern was just a way better middle manager. Like there are yeah. people just way better at this shit. It's a skill. Whereas this skill, um, whereas these cats just. I, and, and the, like just the idea that you could come out and say this with a straight is how disconnected are you from people? Seven paid sick days in a year. This like what? Like, do you not well, know anybody NBA, with a fucking job? In the NBA, uh, you know, salaries go up. You mm -hmm. know, over time, right? Is the share right? Oh my god, yeah. It's their salaries are based on a percentage of revenue. Exactly. Like, and, and so, yeah, exactly. So, like, there's no. Never had exactly. Like, well, no, but that's what, no, but that's what, that's what a fully unionized workforce gets. They fix, you know, like they, they, they're negotiating. Okay, In the contract. $10, like, you know, labor gets seven, you know, whatever. That's, it. that's, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and if not, fuck you. That, that used to be the case in America in that sort of middle period of the 20th century when, you know, the sort of at the height of the labor power in this country, maybe starting in the 1930s, all throughout like basically 1980, is that wages for average people grew at the exact same rate as productivity and GDP. Okay. In 1980, the, the GDP and productivity kept on going up, and then <laughs> the wages, wages stayed, stayed flat. flat. Yeah, I wonder what happened. That's, wonder why that is. That's it. It's it. You know, like the NBA, Union like they're one hundred percent unionized, and it's like they can't do anything. They can't do anything about it. Like no matter how evil or hedge fundy the owners are, like even if like all the most evil hedge funds in the world got together, you know, at the end of the day, they need the players to fucking play. If not, yeah, they don't so have they anything. Them, exactly. Exactly. And as long as the players stay, stick together on this shit, they're never yeah. gonna, that that share of their revenue is never going to go down, right? Ever. Um, and they've gotten you know they've gotten screwed. I think they got screwed the last time it went down. It went down about six percent from fifty-seven to fifty-one, and you know that was see the owners all oh, man. Oh, they circle jerked themselves for that. They were so proud of themselves for that one. But I think after that happened, I think the players became like a little militarize the bottoms it's like these motherfuckers do not deserve more than 49 percent of this pie that we bust our asses put our bodies on the line to um to achieve and i think you know tv contracts keep going up and whatever but i don't i don't know that they would they would budge on that but who knows um but yeah i you know that was just a divergence this is just say like the dems is middle management to the ruling class they just fucking suck yeah they just suck you know i feel like a lot most nba players if we're gonna use this loose example see adam silver is a pretty benign you know whatever force they, they're not yeah. they're not 
they don't see him as like some fucked up, we hate him kind of situation. It's it is what it is with him, right? I think they actually get along with him pretty well, especially yeah. leadership, which might be a little too well, but whatever. That's another conversation for another day. Um, I don't see how American workers, American citizens can look at the Democratic Party and say, yeah, yeah, nah, you, you, you're effectively doing your job. It's, it's absurd. Um, yeah. And with that, you know, we do got to get to Warnock and um, Herschel Walker, uh, speaking of which, because just, yo, man, <laughs> Warnock wins this race this, for the Senate seat in Georgia by the skin of his teeth in a runoff, but... At, at, Again, I'm of two minds with this. Like, part of me is like, wow, okay. Herschel Walker lost. One of the worst candidates we've ever seen in our lives. Probably the worst yeah. since Roy Moore, who was known for touching little girls. Okay? Yeah. He was yeah. he's probably a little bit better than that. Still could have won this race. Um, like, like it's like I'm happy Warnock won, but I'm also just like, whoo, whoo, whoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm seeing, uh, you know, buzz for Warnock as like the future kind of leader of the democratic party, oh you know, God. like post Biden, you know, black reverend from the South, you know, oh uh, <laughs> that's what they're saying, dude. Um, yeah. I mean, he barely beat Herschel Walker. Like, as you said, I mean, dude, we were just like laughing about it uh, before the show. It's like, it's fucking Herschel Walker was going to be in the United States Senate by like, hello listener. Guess who's back. It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. A millimeter, you know? Fucking he got 1.6 million votes. In the it's state of wild. Georgia, 1.6 million people got up out of their crib or maybe sent the mail in, whatever the hell they did yeah. to get this man elected. It's 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 the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, Again, I, I understand that Georgia is not some, you know, liberal bastion. It, 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 you know, it's not like he was about to win in New York or some crazy shit or 
you know, uh, uh, any other, you know, liberal enclave, but it, it's just, whoo, American politics is just so just unhinged at the moment. Right. And yeah. the guy can run no kind, con- like there's no real campaign, you know, yeah. uh, I, I, sometimes you see Republicans win. It's like, all right, that guy was kind of savvy in how he got that done. Herschel Walker was just like, I'm Herschel Walker. I used to be good at football. Um, I've, you know, I delivered memories for a lot of the older folks here in Georgia. Sit. That's yeah. it. Yeah. By the way, like I'm just, I'm just like comically inept. I'm like, you know, just a, <laughs> a brazen hypocrite, just paying for abortion. Oh my god! Like- and and look, and Warnock is in some like crazy flaming lib. You know, no. that I could understand that Georgians might be like, hold on, man. Like, look, we don't need Herschel, but we're not trying to get, you know, uh, goddamn uh, Noam Chomsky up in here. <laughs> yeah. We're not or trying to like go. A, or even like Nancy Pelosi, right? Like, you know, right. he's got some, you know, when you hear him speak, he's like, you know, he's a, he's a reverend, you know, he's got like, yeah, some, yeah, he's, got yeah. some he's, he's, he's a, he's a pretty good candidate to run for a Democrat in that state. And they, and they barely did it. Um. But you know, uh, we we got the Senate again, and it's the Senate is there, and so then the Dems are in control, Nando. So that means we're gonna well, get mean, all these what is wild, uh, goodies. What, what is wild, you know, is that Brandon has had the greatest midterms for a for a first term president like ever. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, you know, like fucking Brandon. Brandon is like I think Republicans flipped one. Senate seat and yeah. like one gubernatorial race or something like something ridiculously small. I mean, people thought it was going to be a blood a bloodbath, and all the fundamentals said it was going to it was going to be a bloodbath, but mm-hmm. they flipped one seat and yeah. I think one gubernatorial seat or something, or or maybe two seats. And like it's just ridiculously disappointing from the Republicans, which again shows you just how insanely weird they've gotten that yeah. they that they that they're losing like the most layup election of all time a sitting president in the first term always gets whacked always remember obama got whacked trump got whacked yeah. they always get whacked um and biden you know yeah republicans flipped zero senate seats and one gubernatorial race that's it they flipped one <laughs> That's tough. That's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Terrible gas. A president yeah. who can barely talk publicly, yeah, like, like the yeah. guys, like I see looking out of his now. fucking ears. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, but I, we had to touch on that. But I do want to get into World Cup because I've again, um, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, some just incredible moments. Um. Just seeing the 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 enthusiasm and just the passion and, and and honestly, man, I think about this a lot because I I work in sports. I feel like sports are just one of the few things that we're getting right. Just generally, just the the idea that all of these people want to come together and do this and have fun and sing songs and scream at other fans and do all of this, like just as a, as a humanity, um, you know, I I tend to get a little bit 
sentimental about what we do with sports and, and, and you know, the, the World Cup is an example of that. And, of course, you know, we know what happens. The, the ruling class is going to weaponize our goodness against us and do all kinds of fucked up shit like, you know, uh, slave labor and all kinds yeah. of crazy corruption and all of that. Like, we know that. We know they're going to weaponize our love and our joy and our passion for this thing. They can't just let us do that and, you right. know, be <laughs> humane about uh, managing that. They got to be disgusting about it. But, you know, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed um, these past few weeks, man. I mean, dude, it's just every game has stakes. Every, you know, this is, what, this is my big problem with American sports. You know, outside of the NFL, in which every game feels like it has stakes mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. But, dude, I, like, used to be such an NBA fan that I really struggled to get into it. I re- every year, I'm like, maybe this year I'll follow the Heat again and I'll get, like, excited. Bro, about the 82-game thing is a lot. Dude, it's, it's a lot. Not it's just the slog. number of games, but the fucking regular season doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, you know, just straight up, it's 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 it's. I, I I'm I'm literally I, I and I think it's because I've become such a big fan of the Premier League and a lot of um other European soccer. It's just what you said. It's I'm I'm of the mind the NBA needs to strip it down dramatically. Like yeah. do a round robin. Everybody plays each other twice, once at each person's stadium, and boom, and, and boom, we're done. Like, yeah. let's no, go. Limit the number of people that make the, the number of teams that make the playoffs. Yeah, limit the playoffs, game. all of that stuff. Um, You know, yeah. my dream, honestly, I'm not going to lie, part of me is just like, man, why, why don't we just do the Premier League? Fuck the playoffs. Yeah, elite format. Just <laughs> whoever wins let's, the most games, That's win. it. That's it. Yeah. It's a maybe long do, ass Maybe sprint. do one final, you know? Maybe, like it used yeah, to be, maybe. Like it used to be f- in baseball. You know, sure. You the know, final the team, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The final team, two teams can play in the finals or whatever. Figure it, whatever. figure or it, or not, or just do a league. Yeah, yeah. Because, dude, yeah. every game from day one, a league format from day one, you got stakes. Yes, you got to win every game. The, the, the group stage is stakes. Like you don't pick up points here, you're losing ground. You lose a match instead of time, yeah. you're losing ground. Like it's dude, it's. Ju- Germany, like, was one goal away from, like, had Germany not conceded the second goal against Japan, they'd be through, and honestly, they'd be kind of favorite. Like, they'd be one of the favorites. They had, they had the highest XG, which is this new advanced stat called expected goals, where they measure the quality of your chance. Of the like, shot, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like a scientific thing and whatever. Yeah, um, we have that in the NBA. Um, it's like... Uh, shot act expectancy or whatever. It's the right. same thing. Like the quality right. of your shot, how many quality shots did you get? The percentage right. that that shot usually goes in. Like and it shows that you're, yeah, yeah, you're running great offense or whatever. Right. It just, it's just, it's an indication that you're, you're running fluent offense. Cause I remember when Germany lost to Japan, the first game, I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck? And I was like, I watched that game and I was like, Germany played, played well. I was like, I thought yeah. Germany played well. <laughs> then they played well against Spain, you know, and they tied one, one, you know, tough game, whatever. Um, and they destroyed Costa Rica, but it wasn't enough. And they fucking out of the group stage. And I was like, Germany had the top expected goals of everyone in the group stage. And yeah. they were out. Um, it's great. That's because that's the beauty of soccer. One goal mm-hmm. changes everything. You know, it changes yep. fucking everything. And I love also, like, I mean, the other thing that's underrated about soccer is that there's no breaks, dude. No timeouts. Like, no. why do they eliminate timeouts for American sports? Why no, do they have timeouts in the NBA? We Just don't get rid need of them. It. We don't need it. Make a play. Don't. We don't need it. Uh, be more thorough about your substitutions, but we don't need the timeouts. But again, the timeouts is so it's so built around the 
broadcast shit. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just the TV is just like, yo, we got to sell dick pills. We got to sell yeah, Activia. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But we got to sell beer. In, in soccer, what happens is like, you know, a goal changes everything, right? And, you know, in, in what would happen in American sports is like, okay, you know, you're up 2-0, you know, and the other team scores a goal, and then you just call timeout. And then you're like, oh, let's gather ourselves, you know, like let's. Yeah, let's, yeah, you know. yeah. No, the, and then, the soccer no, no. could just be an avalanche. <laughs> you're out there and you're like, oh shit, you know, like I got uh, all of a sudden I got like the, you know, it's the the fear starts crawling into you, and you can't look at your sideline, you can't you know, can't step off the field for a second, get some water, and just gather yourself and just be like, okay, okay, we got this, you know, like no, no, you're out there and you got to fucking go. Um, it makes it so much more exciting and. Man, I just I mean, the World Cup just is so fucking fun. It's, it's incredible, it's just, and I, and I, look, I don't need to get into the fucking Doha, the the yeah. you know. I went into it on American Prestige. Yeah, you, you check it out. Oh, to American Prestige. Nando's on there. Obviously, Danny Bessner is our brother. Um, he's you know he's basically a woke bro. Go check that out. They get into the politics of you know Cutter and all this shit. What the Gulf states are about and sports washing and all of that. We're not gonna do that here. I want to get into. Sportsy, takey stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I remember, I I guess it would have been 2014 when Hamez had that incredible World Cup and he became a guy just from that World Cup. Who do you think is the Hamez of this tournament? Good question. Um, the kid, the the well, dude, the guy from fucking Portugal that just scored three goals, Cristiano's backup oh that came in, bruh. dude, dude, I never, even, I never even see that guy play. Like I heard his name, Bro, he's but I never playing seen him in the play. bullshit league right now, yeah, and he's, he's in Portugal and Benfica, yeah. and dude, that first goal, he just turns and just fucking rifles it in the top corner. I was like, shit, that is fucking. And then he scores <laughs> two more, and I'm like, this is Cristiano's twenty one year old backup. I'm like, this guy might, this guy might go for big money. Um, the guy, I mean, he, he's not exactly Hamas because people did know him, but the kid, the the 19-year-old from England, uh, Jude Bellingham, is going to... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yaya Torre just put out an yeah. article um, in the in the Athletic today yeah. where he's praising that dude. And he's like, bro, he's been my favorite, most exciting guy to watch in the tournament right now. Yeah. He's 19 years old. He's the captain of Borussia Dortmund. He's one of the captains of Borussia Dortmund, which is mm. pretty impressive when you're 19 years old. That's a big um, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Germany, and he's, and he's like living in Germany. It's like a whole. I mean, he's, he must be like mentally really tough. Um, there's a couple defenders that are just like incredible. Like there's the guy in Croatia that wears the mask. This guy Guardiol. Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of him. He plays for some German team. Dude, that guy's incredible. That guy's a fucking beast, <laughs> and he's skilled, and he's he's great. Um, and then the kid from the, he's he's kind of quietly having a really really good tournament. The kid from Holland, uh, Gapko. Um, Cody okay. Gakpo, he plays for he plays for some fucking Dutch team. You know, I'd never even heard of him because um, I don't watch the Dutch league. And dude, he's scoring. I think he has three goals already. Um, What's his really name? Well, Brazil um, had the goal of the tournament in my uh, opinion. Yes, uh, yeah. that was just that. That shit was crazy. Where he bounced it off his By leg. The way, Richarlison, also one of the few left-wing players, outspoken left-wing players on Brazil. Like, most of the players in Brazil, if they're, they're either oh, apolitical Oh, he's a Lula guy? Okay, all right. All right. He's, so like, he's not my, my new favorite yeah. player? Yeah, dude, he's... He's he's like you know he's out there saying like every you know every worker deserves like a you know a decent standard wow. of living food on their table you know he like wow. supports Lula 
all the like Neymar's a big Bolsonaro guy. You know, a lot of them that doesn't surprise me whatsoever, yeah. dude. A lot of them are like right wing evangelicals, which is like a big new thing in Brazil. Like the evangelical mm. movement is taking over Brazil in a big way. You know, like Protestants, not not Catholics. You know, not like yeah, us. yeah. We don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, this is not yeah, a Protestant no. show. Sorry, no, no. Protestant. We don't like the fucking evangelicals. Love, we we do the original now. We down with the yeah. OGs. Sorry, yeah. we're papists over here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> It's a famous podcast. That's right. But yeah, just so he's a left wing guy. He's a cool guy, dude. He he just signed. Uh, he signed this summer for Tottenham, so he's he's a kind of big team already. You know, like he's, okay, he's, yeah, yeah, but he's, you know, he's, he just I feel like his name hasn't really become like a thing yet. But he's yeah. he's um he's been yeah. pretty impressive. Although I will say. I've, I've, I'm not gonna lie. I've always been of a bit of a Neymar skeptic. Where it's just like, mm, eh. um, they're they're just a different animal when he's out there. That game yeah. that he didn't that match that he didn't play, yeah. the it just they 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 didn't have the feel right. He's just no. their most creative guy, and um, he. <sighs> The Brazil looks good. Brazil looks yeah, good. that's what I was gonna say. I I, I hate to be good. that person that 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 is just like yeah, the Brazilians are gonna win the cup again. But dude, it feels that way watching them play. They have everything, dude. That's the thing is they have everything. They mm -hmm. they don't have holes. They yeah. really don't. Their keeper is the so good. On the back like line, their goalkeeper. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, their goalkeeper is so good. Like that Allison, that fucking guy is so good. Their their defenders are all so good. You know, their midfielders, Casemiro and Lucas Paqueta. That kid, Lucas Paqueta, is fucking nasty. He is, dude, he's another guy. Like, he's kind of quietly putting together an amazing tournament. Like, he's so creative. He's so good. He's not even that famous. He plays on West Ham United. He's not like, you know, he's not like on one of the biggest teams, but he's fucking filthy. And Casemiro, obviously, has won five Champions Leagues with Real Madrid. You know, that guy's a fucking yeah. winner. And then Vinicius. So much speed on the wings with Vinicius and Richarlison, Neymar creativity, and then Richarlison, uh, and, and sorry, Rafinha and Vinicius, and then Richarlison up top. They're stacked. They got everything. I mean, in terms of talent, really, the only team that can measure up is 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 France. But mm -hmm. France, they don't have as they don't have as good a midfield, you know. Mm -hmm. Although Griezmann is playing in the Neymar role and he's playing really well, and then Mbappe is just a fucking dude, yeah. He's is, he's um. He's 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 pretty pretty fucking ridiculous. Like I know I talked a lot of shit at your birthday party about how he yeah. can't fuck with um our guy over there Holland, but like watching him in this tournament because I'm not gonna lie, I don't watch a lot of PSG matches. I'm nah. sorry, I don't Ooh, watch them beat up bullshit. on a bunch of fucking bum ass French teams. I'm sorry, I could give a fuck about that, but like watching him in this tournament, like. He's so good at just imposing his will, right? Um, like it's just like he sees a, a like one guy trying to mark him, then he's just like, bro, like <laughs> he's so much I'm not faster. gonna allow you to do that. No, <laughs> he doesn't so allow faster. the other team to yeah. just play him. So it's it's really cool to watch him, and you know he's been really unselfish with the ball. Um, this tournament, he's not trying to like be a glory hog and be like, no, it's about me scoring a hat trick every game. You know, so that's been really cool to watch. So yeah, Mbappe is—he's fun. He's—he's he's yeah. good. But yeah, I, I really, truly do. And I'm not being a Haitian right now by doing this. I—I I, I do um, 
believe that Brazil is is the best the best uh, side yeah. that I've watched. No, I agree. This I tournament, agree. and I think we should. I, I decided uh, this is. I was thinking about it yesterday because Cristiano got benched, and then his backup scored a hat. They were dominant. Portugal, yeah, mm-hmm. they were dominant. And I was thinking that this is the funniest possible outcome for this World Cup was Portugal. So Cristiano bench Portugal benches Cristiano, and they make it to the final, where they play Argentina. And Messi starts, but, but Cristiano's on the bench. And then Portugal wins. So Cristiano <laughs> technically has a World Cup. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> oh, my God. That would be just... I think I would... I think I would spend about ten days straight listening to nothing but soccer podcasts yeah. about that um, dynamic. That would be just yeah. incredible. Because it feels like if Messi wins it, like the goat conversation seems like it's really hard yeah, to argue it's, against him. It's, it's tough for you know? Cristiano. Yeah, it's tough for Cristiano. And it's tough for like pretty much everyone else. Like it's tough for Maradona. Yeah. It's tough for Pelé. It's tough for everyone. You know, Messi. Yeah. You know, his numbers are like Gretzky level, and but he just mm-hmm. doesn't have the World Cup. And yeah, it's a little Stugatsi, but like, uh, yeah. you know, like where the rings. The but, yeah, how about yeah. that? Do yeah, it in, in the, the World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah, do yeah, it yeah. when it counts. Exactly. Um, <laughs> So the idea of Cristiano winning a World Cup, but as a backup, is just like yeah, that uh, would be perfect chaos. Um, man, yeah, I cannot wait for Friday. Um, I'm gonna figure out. Yo, we need. Are you going anywhere to watch France and England on Saturday? Dude, I'm gonna. I'm flying to Mexico this weekend. Oh, whoa, Lord. All right. Well, are there games tomorrow? Wait, is it tomorrow that there's games? It's Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it sucks that there's two two fucking days without games. It's terrible. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be gone all weekend. Uh, all right. We should well, get together. We should get together on Tuesday to and Tuesday and Wednesday to watch the semis. Next all week. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I'm with that. Let's let's lock that in. Um, we will see you guys next week. Make sure you become a Patreon. Um, Patreon.com backslash Counter Dink. Support what we're doing up here. It's a star a cup of Starbucks every single month. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.